We're live. Yep. Hello, everyone, and welcome. And sorry we're a little bit late. It's one of those crazy Mondays. And here we're at the Lions Gate of 888 or 8-8 of August. And, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's one of those things that sometimes the energy gets turned around. And there's a lot of other things going on in the planets right now. So it's just kind of one of those things. But here we are a little bit late. We apologize. Yeah. So Regan and I, Natasha Venter, are here and we're we're very much glad that you are whoever is going to be here and showing up. So, yeah. Regan, um, how you been? I've been been good, been busy week. I had like five sessions last week, which was big for me, you know, because they're three to five hour sessions. But uh, four of them were just regular, you know, therapy for uh, helping to counsel a, a really uh, loving couple who has issues. They're just trying to work things out, you know. So I've been seeing them each individually, like back and forth, back and forth. Um, and it's really, it's, it's great for what our topic is today, you know, because so many times in relationships, I mean, they get, they get all balled up, all messed up because of, of, uh, shame, guilt, anger, and judgment. Uh huh. That's why it just came to me to, I was doing something last night and it was like, I go to ask the universe, what should we talk about? And then all of a sudden shame, guilt, and, and all those things kind of came in. It was like. It's oh, what I've been true. dealing with with clients all week, you know, <laughs> that way. So, yeah. um, and um, well, before we go, I'll introduce myself. I'm Regan Forston, and I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and also a facilitator with the Newton Institute. Um, that's why we do this dance of the soul, because we uh, we've approached um, life from a spiritual standpoint. Uh, the Newton Institute uh, has a process now that's. Uh, They've helped over 70,000 people in a deep state of trance um, actually go to heaven and back or experience the other side. If you want to call it heaven, the other side or whatever. Um, it's a, an amazing phenomena, but it's true. It's here. It's happening. Uh, we have 250 therapists in 46 countries now. We're doing this all the time every week with people um, and publish the uh, the research and everything. It sold a million copies already of the, of the uh, research. So there's a lot of interest in this people are starting to believe that they're more than just this body that we're in mm -hmm. and that's what N natasha and i hit, hit it from two different um like there's there's three ways that we found that well actually four ways of visiting or getting information from the veil behind and one is through a medium uh, intuitive medium like natasha one is by going through a, a four or five or six hour session with me uh we're in a deep state of trance you visit the other side and get answered you get a Go before council and ask questions about your life and find out why you were born, what your mission is, all kinds of good stuff, which you can find out at my website, which is on there. And then the the third way is to be like in an accident or something, have like a, a near-death experience or something. You know, I mean, we've all heard of that. I'm sure you've all heard of that. And there's books been, you know, books that have sold millions that are just about that one little encounter that this person had. And it was when they were going through trauma. Okay. Um, and then the fourth way, sometimes that people have had a sort of a spiritual experience is in a controlled like uh, ayahuasca ceremony or, you know, some sort of substance that um, like DMT or something that that momentarily or just for a little bit opens that and you get to see that, wow, something's beyond this world, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but we're like Natasha and I, what we both do, and Natasha will tell you in a second, we do this in a pretty controlled, relaxed environment, don't need drugs. All you have to do is, you know, is relax. So it's a very safe, you know, and it's in a more controlled thing. So I think uh, having sessions with Natasha or I is going to give you, um, you're going to get a lot of work done 
you know, it's not going to be just a flash and, you know, of a vision or something, you know. No, so. no. And, and that's the thing that, you know, me being a psychic medium and one who is very intuitive about just plain old life, you know, and with me remembering being born, I kind of re represent that as, you know, maybe having a near-death experience because I just kind of came in already in that moment that we all kind of have these um, ideas that there is this, you know, other side, yet at the same time, we don't know how to interpret it. You yeah. know, many times that, you know, like for me, you've had some clients come to me because I can interpret what they see. Right. I can help them support that. And uh, hi, um, and here is uh, um, uh, Veronica. <laughs> She's using her husband's phone. Don't do a jelly. <laughs> oh, so that, the, that uh, hey, Veronica. Hers is broke, so I just wanted to say hello there. Wonderful. Uh, it's always you know, nice. She's just she's a constant with us. Sometimes it's uh, it's nice I'm, nice to have that. I'm blessed to have her in my life. Uh, yeah. So with that, the you know going through interpretations, you know, there's many times where I get my own interpretation, and and you know you know going through the the meditations that we do and that kind of thing. That the more we practice, the more we see. So when we're doing this, that, you know, going forward, you know, we all have these moments, though, that we're human. And that's why Regan and I wanted to talk about the yeah. shame, the guilt, the, you know, all those, you know, things that we hold on to anger that are very hard for us to forgive. You know, forgiveness is another one that it's yeah. not as if they're all in the same boat, but they're all in that moment where when you see the bigger picture. You know, you see the bigger moment of things happening. I know for me and my husband, sometimes we have a different perspective because he doesn't, he, you know, he, he's he's in the moment. He, you know, this is big. And it's just been in the last couple of years that he's starting to say, oh, you know what? This guy talking kind of angrily to me is a moment. It's not going to change my life in another month, you know, because something else is going to take its place. So why yeah. should I stay angry with that guy for days when in the bigger picture, it's, you know, and it, that angry guy, he probably had maybe a car accident earlier that day. And he was trying to figure out how to manage the politics at the same time he had to come in and get something for his wife's car because she was bugging him, you know, right. and, and he was in the wrong mindset. So, and, you know, somebody getting angry with us, it's like, it was, we were just the one in the way. Yeah. You know, well, anybody, we hold on you, to that? you pretty much know if you're human and you're going to have any relationships with anybody that shame, guilt, anger, or judgment are going to fit in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very rare that you have people in your life where there's never a time when some of those things don't come up. Um, but um, hopefully, as we all become more spiritual or more mindful of, of everything and, you know, the reasons for things and what we're thinking, what the other person is thinking. Um, the sign of a person evolving is when it, whether the, the shame, guilt, anger, judgment that they're able to look at those things, try to figure out, you know, where they're coming from and then try to do something to heal them, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, or to, to make them less judgmental. Um, you know, a client that I've been working with for a while now too, one of the, she's trying to um, be in recovery uh, over some issues and, um, the, some of the people in her life are just judging her all the time. Well, you should have done that and you should be ashamed because, you know, and that's just, that's, um, 
halting her getting her recovery, you know, in a way, because they're having their own judgments on her, make, you know, trying to push guilt and shame and all that on her when the person knows already. You don't have to tell somebody they should have a little get or guilt or a little shame over something. And with someone, it's just like, who, who likes having someone just hold it up into your face all the time and constantly do that when you're Yeah, you should be shamed. You know, the sign that, that's right yeah. in front. Yeah, write the sign. You know, you should be shamed of, you know, like. And, yeah, and you're the already thing feeling is, down. It's like kicking somebody when they're down, you know. Exactly. I mean, and that's the, one, that's the one thing that I always kind of have an understanding that if somebody is is pointing the finger at me, usually they have to work on what they're complaining about more yeah. than I have to. Yeah, that's the old so, saying, you know, when you point at the guilt of someone, you got three fingers pointing back at you, you know. Exactly, exactly. So if somebody's shaming you, they're probably holding a lot of shame in them for something yeah. that they do and they just haven't labeled it yet. And so when we're working on something, it's going to come out of us one way or another. So either yeah. we work on it and we can process through it and we say, okay, let's, let's negotiate this a little differently. You know, I'm going to, um, let's say right now, and I'm going to be honest here that, you know, through a lot of my depression and a lot of my problems that, you know, money was a little bit slippery for me, <laughs> you know, it, it was just a little slippery and I had to, I had to negotiate some of these scenarios of how to break a impulse habit. Well, I could be feel shame for that, or I can kind of go, okay, this is a lesson I need to learn. This is an experience I need to learn. This is a scenario yeah. I need to learn. How can I do this? Oh, wait a minute. I'm in a store. What am I feeling? I'm working on this, you know, so going forward and, and saying I need to work on something is different than, oh, God, why did I do that? Where should I do that? Why should I do that? You know, and, you know, like the other day I, I bought some stones and I bought Labradorite and I did it kind of impulsively. Me and stones, I have a hard time saying no to. <laughs> and come to find out Labradorite is one of those stones that's for protection it also is one of those stones that if you sit with it and meditate and put an intention with it, it can help you. And so I bought a skull that's made out of Labradorite. Shouldn't have bought him, got the best deal ever, you know, from this one guy. He just, I mean, it, it was about a $300 skull and I got it for like $125. Wow. I mean, it was one of those things and it was Labradorite. So now the guy who is attached to the skull is I'm using him as a guide to whisper in my ear. I asked him, can he help me with my scenario? So with that, that instead mm -hmm. of going into the shame and the guilt of, yes, I felt bad about the impulse that I bought. Yeah. But then I looked up Labradorite and I go, that's why the universe had me do a flubble. Right. Now, I don't say mistake. I say flubble because it's like, you know, I shouldn't have, you know, and, you know, there's that little bit of dance with, with, you know, budgets. And I did give myself money to come down on this wonderful trip. But at the same mm -hmm. time, you know, did I really need another skull? No. But I can tell yeah. you now, though, that asking that question, is he going to make me money? He will, because yeah. I'm using him as, and that stone as a gift to move forward. So there again is, is that, you know, when we can apply ourselves and maneuver ourselves, a lot of times we can work our way out of that shame and the guilt. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, um, first of all, shame, guilt, anger, especially those are all normal 
things, you know, mm -hmm. in other words, I don't think anybody would ever completely eliminate any of those. But the thing is, is to be aware that usually when, when we have those, it's like, it's just like a, a warning light coming up in us that we need to be aware of saying something's out of kilter with us here. You know, in other words, you, you would not like, even with anger, I mean, everybody has anger, even people go through anger management, they still have like me, I went through for three years. Well, we still have times when we're angry, but we've learned how to deal with that feeling to not do anything destructive, you know, because mm -hmm. anger is just uh, there, you know, and, you know, it's, I don't think it's bad sometimes to feel a little bit of shame for something when we uh, were selfish and all of a sudden we feel a little shame, you know, because that's, but it's what you do with that. Either you beat yourself up and think you're a horrible person or you just shake it off and you go, oops, okay, I'm either going to apologize for b b doing what I did or I'm not going to do that again or learn, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's just bringing to your attention sometimes, you know, things or, you know, uh, guilt, you know, like, Ugh. you know, I should have told the clerk that he didn't charge me for this. And maybe next time I go to the store, I'll mention it or give him a dollar or two, you know. Um, so it's it's sometimes just um, it's like, a, you know, uh, it's the proper kind of mirror to hold in front of us. Like, how are we doing? Mm -hmm. You know, it's one of cool. our radars. It's a it's kind yeah. of a radar. How am I doing? What am but I doing with this? To that point where we can look in the mirror and say, I love you, even though you're imperfect. You know, mm -hmm. I love I love and accept you, even though you do these, you know, crazy things sometimes. And, and with the intention of improving, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Because I know for me, you know, after the conversation I had with that impulse, that it brought a conversation with my girlfriend here that we really went in deep to our find. How do we in because we're vulnerable with each other, you know, how can we do this differently? Because we're kind of mirroring each other. We're best friends. So it's like sisters of heart. So it's like sisters kind of kind of mirror each other a little bit in our work. And and it's like, so with that kick in the behind me in a way of how can I do this different? You know, it really kind of woke me up to the secretive ways that these little lessons come in. Yeah. You know, and if we can use things that way, you know, oh, yeah, you know, I know that I don't spend gobs of money, but I do nickel my and dime myself. You know, like it's really easy to me to go garage sailing in a day and spend $30. But, oh, wait a minute. It's only a 50 cents. It's only a dollar, you know, but there and this is just a scenario. You know, some people can go into drinking. Some people go into how they treat others. Some people can go in just being, you know, one trip after another trip after another trip or how, you know, that, you know, their mom is at home and and needing some help and or the husband is is, you know, leaving the kids with the wife all the time and going off and doing things. So there's always something that we can use to go, duh, you know, hit us in the forehead, duh, you know, I need to wake up a little bit here. And those are those things that when we do get, I like how you say, use the shame, use the guilt, use the frustration, use the anger for a, a pedestal, a, a jumping board, a pivot point yeah. to move forward. I think that's the hardest thing in therapy sometimes, you know, um, they say that when a person decides to go into therapy, like to call you or me for some help, uh, that's 35% uh, of the cure. You know, it's just that deciding to be honest with themselves that they do have an issue and that they need to do something about it. And then having the, you know, the guts to step forward and be vulnerable and say, yeah, I'm going to get some help, you know. Mm -hmm. 
And the, the other, another 35% is the um, degree, the rapport that they build with their therapist. That's why I tell people, if, you, if you've got a therapist and it's, they're just not listening to you or you just can feel it's a bad fit, then find another one. You know, you want to find someone that you can be honest with and that you don't feel judged by and somebody that was there, you know, um, sending you love in a sense and not, you know, um, people just kind of know, just like if you're on a date, you know, you don't keep going back on the same date when you know at the first date that this is just not going to work. This isn't going to work. Exactly. I tell people, look, I mean, as good as I try to be and as not judgmental in that, and I build rapport with so many people, uh, there's sometimes that even though I'm I'm in the have the right intentions, all that I just might not be the right fit. So I say, look, if I'm not, just no, you know, I'll take it personal. I said, let me help you find somebody, or you know, have them find it that way. Um, so judgment now, oh boy, that's one thing I'm still working on. As evolved as I hope to be, I still find <laughs> myself. It's that instant, you know, and and oh yeah, um, my significant other here, Patty. You know, she was. R- really good at letting me know, you know, kind of like, well, that instant judgment that you have, that's a normal thing people have. It's something that's built into us to say, is this person safe for around? Is this person, you know, I mean, we make certain judgments, but it's like when you hang on to that judgment and then you take it further, like going yeah. down the rabbit hole with it, that's when it's bad, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, sometimes I feel bad, guilty, like I'm in a, in a part of town where there's a lot of gang activity and I happen to be driving through there and I see someone in my my subconscious versus, oh, is, am I safe with that person? Am I safe with that person? That's not judging them, you know, is bad. That's just your normal uh, thing that people have to do when you're in a dangerous area where you're more apt to get mugged or shot or something than that. You have to be more vigilant, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you take it to the extreme where you're really judging, it's like, oh, that person's probably a that. Oh, my gosh, you know. Oh, boy. Whoa look at those horrible people, you know, look at those poor white trash or something, you know, something that in your mind where you're demeaning them or making them less than you or something, you know, that's that's what it's, that's when it goes into the bad category, you know. Exactly. There is a, there is a difference in judgment. There's one that, that we were above something and, and we want to be on the pedestal or like you were saying, you know, it's a judgment of, Hmm, am, am I safe with that, that scenario? And that's one thing that that I have to be careful of is, is that even me, you know, go, growing up in the in the where I was at, you know, growing up in the '60s and stuff, I walked through a lot of that waking up of our country about you know we are all the same on the inside, yeah. And and that's the thing that I first first off I may I might have judgment towards oh is that someone who wait a minute stop check into who they are, not what they are. Right. Who it is, not what they are. And yeah. and that's one thing that that if we can slow that down and and have those lack of judgments. Now having judgment for ourselves, oh my gosh, do you know how much judgment out there that how many times in a day we judge ourselves? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, that that's the person usually for a lot of people, the person we're more judgmental of than anybody is ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes <clears throat> that way. And it's OK. You know, it's OK. In a sense, you know, you judge yourself and says, "Woo, I really I was uh, out of integrity when I did, did that thing. Like, what the heck's wrong with you? You know, well, OK, this that's when it's time to stop it right there and just say, 
okay, now what can I do so next time that I'm not out of integrity? Or what can I do to, um, you know, to fix that? And, you know, being out of integrity is, you know, uh, you know, kind of thing. But uh, I just want people to feel bad just because because some people think any judgment that comes in that they're a bad person or, or whatever there. It's no, just no, what no, you, no. it's again with all these emotions, it's what you do with it, mm-hmm. you know, that makes it either makes it either good or bad, you know. Um, man, that's uh, that's tough. And that's where, you know, when we talked about the four agreements last week, now I'm giving it another plug because that's such a darn good book. Um, you know, especially the one in the, one of the agreements that you make with yourself is not to not to take seriously anytime anybody compliments you or criticizes you. You know, um, because if someone criticizes you, it's like that's you can see like a metaphorically you can see like a bullet coming towards you from that person, and ah, oh, they told me I was ugly. You know, they told me I was I was stupid or something like that. Well, a lot of times we just let those bullets hit us. You know. And then and we feel it and we do damage ourselves. But what what we're trying to say from the work that you and I do is that is that there's another way, you know, that when you become to tell your mind, says, well, that person, you know, just because that person told me I was ugly, that doesn't make me ugly. Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> no, no. But I, I'm just joking. But yeah, but- words, they're coming from their viewpoint, even if they say you're the most handsome guy in the world. Does that make me the most handsome guy in the world? No, it has nothing to do. They're coming from their own, their own uh, life, life experience and, and choice that way. So once you learn to take criticism or, um, or praise, and you just, you just let it go kind of on by you. It doesn't define who you really are. Just you know, I guess thank the person either way. You know, then you stop having as many issues and problems that way because you don't you realize it's the other person's issues. Mm-hmm. You know exactly, exactly. I know uh, me working at the elementary school uh, that I do that kids will come up on the playground. You know, he called me ugly. I and I asked the question, "Are you?" I don't mm-hmm. think you are, but are you? No. Well then, why are you listening to something that they think? Yeah. You got to believe in yourself. It's time to yeah. believe in yourself. So are you are you ugly? No. Yeah. I'm beautiful. Okay then, let's go. Line up now. It's time to go to lunch. <laughs> you know? my like- I think of it, I wish I could remember the exact word Patty was was with me when it happened. Um uh somebody at school called her ugly, you know. And then um, that's the question that my uh, daughter asked. My granddaughter says, well, are you or something? And she says, she's, she's like uh, five or six years old now. She had this dress on like this. And she's, she looks at herself and says, well, look what I'm wearing. Duh. I'm not, you know, I'm beautiful, you know. In other words, it's like, look at, I'm not, you know. And it was just the way she said it, it was so, uh, it, we, it was such, it, so lighthearted. We just laughed. Just like how beautiful it was, like. Like the guy's got to be crazy calling me yeah. that. Look at me. You know? I know. And exactly. It, it, and I try to bring it one step forward. And I always say, you know, I know that you're kind, you're amazing, and that you just bring such laughter to the room. You are a beautiful person inside and out. Because I don't want to make it about hair and, and clothes. Yeah. It's about that inner stuff. So with that, the, it's like try to bring in the um the story of who we are like i there was one kid that um got shamed and and he was called a queer and i asked him well are you and he said yeah actually i am and i went okay 
great. That's amazing. So now yeah. how do you deal with it when somebody calls you that? Because right. of the fact that that it's not okay that people call you that because they're they're tainting it. It's not a good taste. Yeah. But how we receive it. And I, I had that quick little 10-minute conversation with this kid about how well, it wasn't 10 minutes, it was in school, so I couldn't spend 10 minutes, but I tried to spend at least enough quality time to get that when we arm other people's words, we give them the power over us. Right. Where we can say, oh yeah, I am queer. Oh, thank you. I'm kind of quiet, feeling quite good about myself. Right. It's hard to do that. It's very troublesome, especially when you keep getting beaten down like an abusive husband who's yeah. not happy or a spouse. I'm not going to call it just a husband because wives can do it to men too. The, or other halves can do it to other halves. It doesn't man, man, woman, or child. But, you know, that's that thing that when we go through those moments and it's just, it's sad how it starts young. It yeah. really starts young. I <laughs> Well, look at, uh, you know, like, well, you being a teacher of school, you see as the children are young when they start, um, uh, making fun of other kids for differences, you know, like someone's fat or, you know, let's say someone's, you know. Oh, it starts before kindergarten. Or someone's wearing, it would be just something like someone's wearing glasses. Oh, four eyes or whatever. Starts at an early age where we start doing that. What, what I found out with um, uh, anger management is that um, for us, for people sub subconsciously, for us to feel good about ourselves. We have to feel that we're superior to something or somebody, you know, so we could be really, really bad. So we will find somebody to call them. We call it thingifying. We'll turn them into a thing. And then when we do that, we feel that we're better than them. You know, for for instance, uh, um, you know, like like during the war, you know, when when we were going to war in World War One, World War Two, Vietnam War, whatever, uh, for us to feel superior so that we can, you know, we can feel we're better than somebody. So that because they're not as good as us, that gives us more of a, you know, we can kill them a little easier because they're less than, you know? So we, you know, we never call like for instance, in Vietnam, they called the Vietnamese gooks, you know, because a gook is less than human, you know? Yeah. And, and what in Germany, it was the Krauts, you know, and then Japanese, the Japs, you know, it's just that, you know, the human mind doesn't want to, harm someone or is less likely to be um, offensive towards somebody that is an equal. But, you know, you know, when you make them less than you, your mind means I could be all over them then, you know, that's why sometimes our kids, we wouldn't hurt little beautiful Johnny, but if he's a brat, you know, oh, we'll spank a brat, but, you know, uh, or, uh, you know, the, the guys, what do they do before they hit somebody? You bitch, you know, or, mm -hmm. or the women, you know, you bastard or you, yeah. mom or boy it's some kind of term or something that in our mind we reduce them to where we feel superior and then we'll just give it to them uh-huh and that's a form of shame and yeah you know that that's the thing you know and you know we're here at the halfway mark and i just wanted to say that you know if you're just catching us now we're talking about how to work through the shame the guilt and a lot of the anger scenarios that exactly. we come up in life and i'm natasha venter um psychic medium and reinforced in us here with being a hypnotherapist with right. the Newton clinical Institute. hypnotherapist right i like that the clinical i have to change my wording for oh, yeah. you well I the only difference is is ones like some people think they you know there's a difference between stage hypnosis 
where you make people quack like ducks, you know, ah, yes, yes. where you try to help people, you know, with their issues. I like the language. Language is very important nowadays. Yeah. That's the thing is, is that we've kind of lost our words. So we're just throwing words out there. I, I, if I could tell you the relearning that is going on in this playground last, last year yeah. with how to just say hi to somebody. Yeah. It, it was amazing how we've lost our, our, um, scenarios on being able to communicate with everybody without yeah. being derogatory and you know because when somebody is riding us all the time if we're like in the midst of um you know i'm just gonna call it out there you know if we're living with an alcoholic all the time they're dragging us down and so we get shame and guilt because we're not doing what they want to do yeah and yet they're drunk all the time or a, 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 let's say a scenario where somebody grew up in a very abusive family and they don't know any other way to talk to their spouse and they throw out a lot of those derogatory, hateful words themselves. And then we're the repercussion or the, the and there's a lot of shame and guilt that comes on. And I know for me, living with an alcoholic, I had to struggle with that a little bit too myself. Well, not a little bit, a lot actually in the first beginning mm -hmm. years, because, you know, why did you make French fries with this? You shouldn't have made French fries. You should have made potatoes. And so that's shaming me into cooking. And so then the next time I wanted to cook, I'm questioning, well, didn't like French fries with this, which he mentioned before he wanted French fries with this, but now he wants potatoes. So which one? Because he said this or that. And I'm like going, and then he gets mad at me because there's not a decision being made. Yeah. Because I don't want to get into that bitten, bitter and batter you know, conversation. Now that's all healed. Um, we're doing much better now after all these years, but you know, it's one of those things that, that we do get these little bit of shamed into things and we start losing ourselves. We really start losing ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And, it, and a lot of times it happens increment by increment, you know, it's like, that's why in relationships, you know, um, they should be red flags, like where people are dating or stuffing, you know, and there's these little red flags that come up, but because they're all in this newness of this relationship, they, they don't, uh, really take a good look at the red flags you know uh they say oh that person the way the way he talked about his mom hmm, that wasn't very nice you know and then that should have been like i tell my daughters well when, when you see how he treats his mom you're going to see how he's going to be treating you mm -hmm. you know uh that way so to, to, to treat, treat a good guy um but um i don't know i think just in my life you know there's been guilts and you know, I had a couple addictions I got through or something. So there's a lot of guilt and shame. And what people don't realize with addiction, matter of fact, maybe we can do a, a show on that one time about addictions and about how, how it mentally works with somebody. Because uh, when someone has an addiction, sometimes the guilt that they have, like they can maybe, um, whatever their addiction is, they just did whatever the deed was on it. And then they feel guilty about it. Well, that guilt that they feel about it makes them want to hide again and allows that addiction to come back again for you to do what you just thought you would swore mm -hmm. you would never do again. You know, it's that guilt and that shame that you cause yourself. Yeah. So, you know, it just ends up being a, a, a endless cycle. 
you know, of hating yourself, but then that shame and guilt comes back again, which causes you to do your addiction. You know, so it's uh, it's a little hard to, to get out of that. But people do, not everybody, but a lot of people do, you know. So it is possible, you know, to get And it's possible if you're a person that's, you know, now that we're talking, you're hearing this, just think about yourself now. And the last conversation you had with someone who you have a difficulty with and how much of your conversation was trying to put shame or guilt, uh, you know, with your anger that you had or judgmental with that person. Um, you know, just just to see that, you know, we do that and just start. You know, a lot of times we do that for people because we just don't know what else to do. But we love that other person, but we do all this, you know, shame them or guilt or something like that. And we don't really realize the damage that we're doing to that other person, you know. Uh, so, um, and you know, passive aggressive, is, passive aggressive oh, yeah. is a form of shaming and guilting a lot yeah. of times, sadly said, because I can tell you that me being on the one that didn't drink and being, I'm going to call it bullied a lot of times into believing myself being one way or another that you know, that passive aggressive moment when I got something in, it was, you know, I tried to keep a good intention, but sometimes I was worn down, yeah. you know, until I really became who I am today in the last 15 years that it's been an, an evolution of saying, you know what, just calling it as it is right now. I'm not going to be passive aggressive right now. I'm not liking it. And yeah. We can do better. Let's try to do better. So now that I'm, I'm got my feet underneath me and I can see the patterns coming around, I'm not there anymore. And that's, but not everybody is in that kind of relationship. There's a lot of relationships that are very uneasy right now. And we get into that passive aggressive moments of, of the shame and guilt. So it's like a tennis game back and forth. Who can, who can shame somebody better or, yeah. or guilt somebody better? I did, a, um, I did a video on um, a movie down in Hollywood. When I was, there was a short film on, uh, on this uh, passive aggressive. And I'll just walk you through it quick. But if you visualize this, it's like I, uh, it shows my wife, you know, she's cooking this beautiful steak and cutting up the vegetables and making a nice meal and everything, you know, and, uh, you know, I walk in the door and there's a clothes hanger, you know, right there. And as I hang my jacket up, that way, as I walk away, you see the my coat slip off the hanger onto the floor. So that tells you, okay, <laughs> things aren't going to go so good, you know. So I walk into the kitchen. I'm just, I don't say anything to my wife. I just kind of walk past her. I go to the fridge and I open it up and I take a beer and there's a half a sandwich in there out. And I take it and walk into the other room without even acknowledging her. And I go sit down, turn on the TV, and I'm going ch channel surfing. There's all the stuff on there. She looks where I went in the other room. She looks at the food she just makes. She just takes it and just throws it all in the garbage, you know, throws it all in the garbage because, you know, I just was passive aggressive with her. Just like, screw you. I'm just going to have my sandwich, even though I just see this nice, you know, mm -hmm. food on here. So then the auntie starts going and I'm listening to the TV. She's in the other room. She puts on the stereo in the other room and she starts turning it way, way up so that I can't hear the TV. All right. And so I'm sitting there and I'm kind of looking like, oh, you know, whatever there. So I go into the other room where the music is and I just shut it off. I go back, sit down. I'm watching the movie again, kind of taking a bite of sandwich and a little of this. 
she puts the stereo back on this time she just turns it up like full blast so what i do without looking at or anything i just i walk into the other room i pick the whole stereo thing up with it on i walk out to the trash outside throw it in the dumpster okay so then i come and sit back down turn back on the tv because now i'm one up on her you know and watching this happening she goes gets the vacuum cleaner she plugs it in the room and she starts vacuuming and right in front of me okay <laughs> <laughs> which is, is actually a, real life for a lot of people i know this is this is a real good thing to show what how people when they can't talk when they can't do anything so then i'm getting you know really angry and and so i run over and i pull the i pull the the, uh, the cord out of the wall sit back down again real quick she plugs it back in okay so it's up it's getting tenser and tenser and more tense and more tense so i uh i uh take it out of the wall again she goes over to where my beer is on the thing throws it and breaks the tv you know it, it, the screen on the tv breaks okay mm -hmm. you know and then when she does that then there's glass all over and uh and then we both look at each other and we're about this far from each other's face and we're screaming as loud as we can, so much so the pictures fall off the wall. There's a vase that explodes in the other part of the room, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like a little surreal here, you know, that way. And then when we're expelled, when we're expended, we can't yell anymore. We just fall down right into where the glass was or something. And we're looking at each other and we're calm for a minute, you know. And then I slowly reach over to try to touch her hand and she touches mine, you know. And then we just lay there and just you know, she comes over to me and I'm holding her in my arm as the music plays and it ends. And it that's, you know, that's how crazy. I mean, what a great was a really good little short film. But it, I think people watching that can see themselves in that, you know, and they can see what what's going to happen if you can't communicate. But you really love because at the end, you can see they really loved each other, but they're behaving so badly because mm -hmm. of some things. You know, anyway, didn't mean to go on so long about that, but it's no, no, uh, no, no. But it was perfect because that's the thing is, is that if you really look at it, in between those stories, there's a lot of shaming, guilting, uh, passive aggressive anger. Right. You know, it, it it's just one of those things, and that's when I I try to give people the inspiration if they can try to start practicing being a little bit vulnerable. Yeah. Like, um, like, let's say, giving that example that you just said, the guy coming in and notices the wife is making steak. Oh, babe, thank you for making steak. You know, I, yeah. my tummy is really upset and I don't know, can we put it in the fridge for later and I'll eat it tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. You know, but instead of just being grumbly and saying, oh, I'll just <laughs> eat a sandwich and a beer, you know, that, you know, if we can start out with, with that little bit of vulnerability, there it doesn't give life a chance to build up as much. Yeah. You know, and there's sometimes where I'll just say, Hey babe, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say this, but this is the way I'm kind of feeling, yeah. <laughs> you know? And if we can kind of even just start out practicing that, that, that helps. Now we have to make sure that somebody wants to receive it. Right. You know, but there's a lot of times where I can say that sometimes when I've come in a little bit more on the, I don't know what to say, but I, I but can I say something? And yeah. I might come out wrong. You know, really setting it up helps me to to shift the 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 wall that can go up a little bit. Yeah, I'm lucky now to be in the type of relationship where I can talk like that, and she can mm -hmm. talk to me that way. 
oh, gosh, it's just like, it just it keeps, I mean, it just keeps things good, you know? In other words, like maybe you have something planned and you really want to take some somewhere. Someone comes in and she goes, oh, I'm just, oh, that's so nice of you, you know, and everything like that. But I've really, I just, I just wouldn't be into it right now, you know? And then I go, oh, because I had this kind of plan. But the fact that she's confiding me being that way, and then two seconds later, it's like, ah, okay. And then we go to plan B, you know, where, hey, mm-hmm. let me get you something and help you relax or something like that. It's the, it's just, um, can't tell you how nice that is, you know. Mm-hmm. It is. And it, and it takes practice to get there with our mates. It takes practice yeah. to get there with a friend. It takes practice of, of doing things to understand that people, you know, because naturally people are going to be putting their guard up. It, yeah. It's just one of those things. But I wanted to kind of if I could go into this moment where, cause I know a lot of people have guilt and shame around people who have passed. You mean I'm like, going to flip the, I'm going to flip the okay. coin here a little bit right. quickly oh, here. And I apologize. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, but you know, there's, there's been some sessions that I've had with people who I wasn't there. I wasn't there when they passed and mm-hmm. I, I, and they carry so much shame and guilt and, and there's been a couple people it's because of addictions that they were in at that mm-hmm. time. And I, you know, when we hold shame and guilt, especially with those that, um, for those that have passed, I can tell you being a medium, they're not holding on to that shame and guilt. What they understood in their own way, why you couldn't be there. Yeah. Like there's this one person that was like, you know, I feel such shame for and they didn't she didn't name it i had to name it for her she named the feelings around it and i said but you don't need to hold shame for that oh that's what i'm holding Uh, you know but she still wanted to hold on to it and it was because of the fact that she was in an addiction when her mother passed and she wasn't there for the last year and she wasn't there when they passed and then that's when being a medium is helpful (laughs) because a mother comes in and we have a conversation the three of us about because i'm being the interpreter about how that if like this one scenario that this person if they would have been there they wouldn't have been able to to handle their parents passing they would have they would have gone into a spiral spin that would have been so damaging to them but because they were detained and weren't able to be there they were able to manage their mother's passing in time as they awoken with the addiction you know where they got less and less and then they can work on it and we had a couple of sessions around that which i was grateful for because that's the thing is, is when we hold shame and guilt for a long time, that hurts our digestive system. It hurts our heart. It hurts our muscles and knees. It hurts our, it hurts our backs. It hurts our shoulders. And we feel icky. We feel icky. And like you were saying that many times we can't get sober or we can't get out of the addictions if we don't manage some of these emotions because they keep yeah. it's almost like it, it's almost like somebody coming behind us and keeps tripping us you yeah. know <clears throat> well or it's um, that ball and chain that we keep carrying so we're like lugging our leg along trying to move forward you know yeah well let me tell you then for people watching too because you did you actually helped me with that you know when my wife my wife of 20 years my first wife you know passed away a few months back 
And for a while there, she was kind of stuck. But then when you were able to to um, get through to her, um, I have to say that what she said to me, it, you know, it wasn't like I just called up someone like saying because some think, well, maybe the medium just made it up or it wasn't really her or anything. But the, the thing she said it and in the way she said it that you interpreted and told me um, it actually because I had some shame and some guilt over some of my behaviors in my 20s. OK, mm -hmm. um, and they had still the probably of the things I've done in my life, the things I was most ashamed of, you know, of my behavior. Um, and um, even though we left in good terms after 20 years, at least whatever, there still were things that weren't healed, you know. And by you talking, her talking through you from the other side um, and her releasing me from that guilt, you know, and because of the, you know, I forget exactly how she worded it now or anything, but um, I, it really but did. But the, the after effect is what, what really matters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I felt, I mean, I still, it's still, there's a few things that I just, they're still hanging on a bit, but it lessened a lot, you know, mm -hmm. and I kind of could, could relieve a little bit. So you know, thanks for that. You know, uh, it was good, but I've, you know, I've had clients too to come to me and they, it's people that passed on, they've grown up 10 or 20 years past an incident and they wish they were that age now and they could go back because they've matured and that they could make up for stuff, but their parents or the, the loved ones had already died. You know, so one thing about what you do and, and that I do is we help them contact them on the other side to just do a one-on-one, -on -one, you know, and to, um, to really talk it out so that they can get some healing. So mm -hmm. that's what I love about this work is it's never too late in a sense, you know, it, it they, is, they, it they is. Died, you grew up and you, you're a changed person. Now you're not an addict anymore. But let's go and, and get them to the other side and have them talk about it. Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of exactly. healing. Exactly. And that's, that's the thing that I'm so grateful that my dad helped me understand this statement about at this minute in time where we're at in life, when we're, let's say 20, we're 20 years old doing what we can, doing what we need to do. Now, you know, 30 years later, we're not the same person. We have a yeah. different perception. We can't go back and change our decisions at 20 when we only knew what we knew to do. We didn't have any other information, so we made that choice. Even if it was going to the party when we shouldn't have, but yet our friends yeah. at the time were, were bugging us so bad that we couldn't tell them no. Yeah. We didn't know better to do better at 20. And so at 30, looking back, going, oh, I shouldn't have went with my friends. I would That turned me down a whole different path that I shouldn't have gone down. Yeah. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. We can't do that because we. this is hindsight. Now, at this moment, how can I move forward and make better decisions because I learned that I can't go with my friends and do those crazy things, but I can try to do better in my choices coming forward. Yeah. Yeah. But it's um, just another example. Um, one of my clients um, uh, came in, her sister was on the floor um, and had a drug overdose. And so Ouch. she was kind of, you know, was not doing good. Well, she panicked and so her mind is going, well, you know, what do I do? Do I, do I call 911 now quick or do I try to make sure she's breathing okay first? What I, you know, what do I do? And in those moments of hesitation before she decided what to do, you know, her, her sister, they, you know, the ambulance finally came and they took her. And, and I think the ambulance or something said, well, if we'd only got here sooner, we might've been able to save her, you know, because she ended up dying, you know? So she's always kicked herself. Like, why didn't she know the exact pr proper order on how to do things? She thought she could have saved her life. 
Well, on the other side, she had a conversation with her sister, and the sister was smiling at her. Says, "Sis, you know, you know, you chill. Wouldn't have been there Everything on time, okay. anyways." Yeah, she says it would. Nothing would have helped anyway. There's nothing you could have done. She said, "I was in such a bad way and everything there that I, that I, in a sense, caused myself an overdose, took my life." She said it wasn't on purpose. It was just I took too much stuff. Mm -hmm. And she said they're working with me over here on the other side, you know, and and we'll see each other again when you come home, you know, back to we're back to heaven. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that helped her a lot to just, you yeah. know, there's the, nothing the, I could have done. Yeah, she couldn't have been there. And done it because the even if they the ambulance said, well, I wish we could have been there, but those three four minutes that she found her wouldn't have made that much difference. Now maybe yeah. and three hours ahead of time, but yet at the same time though, really, you know, if you save them this time, sometimes we don't save them the next time. Yeah, lovingly said, and and oh my gosh, sorry to say that that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, there's some people that are just meant to not be here for a long time. Yeah, and I love. I love my dad passed away at 56. So I get that statement in, in my own face. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, people pass, I mean, we'll probably have another show of that again too, about, you know, why to, why does it appear that God takes people uh, prematurely and you start to find out that it's not usually the way that just was their time to go, you know, it was their time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, but that's, what's good because with you helping them by contacting the people on the other side or by me putting them in trance and then, having a one-on-one -on -one or seeing them on the other side, they can work these things out. You know, there's no mm -hmm. sense of hanging on with that guilt or shame, everything you have when it can be uh, put in proper perspective and you can get some, some healing from it, you know? Uh, exactly. Exactly. Now, Cause it's not, it's not that we're always going to do the right thing and that we shouldn't shame and guilt ourselves into knowing that what is the right thing. Yeah. What truly is the right thing. If you have a different perceptions, what truly is the right thing? Yeah. There isn't. Mm -hmm. So what I would say for people this last 10 minutes that we have on our show here is that um, if you're the one doing the shaming, you know, you just figure, okay, you've got some work to do here. If you're the one being shamed, then you need to learn how to, to be, you know, to be able to see the bigger picture within yourself that everything is okay. And um, especially the person that's doing the shaming, um, you know, because we're all guilty of it somewhat, but it's just be more mindful of think about what you're going to say before you say it. People say, oh, they pushed my button and I just said something. But <clears throat> there's if you could slow it way, way, way down, you would see that <clears throat> there was actual, you know, although it seemed instantaneous, there was um, there was a decision that you made to lash out at somebody or to shame them or to do whatever mm -hmm. you know haven't you ever you know like if i was shaming somebody in my life as i have a few times actually as i'm doing that there's part of me that's saying you know this is not nice to do but i still would do it you know i just remember that kind of is part of my thinking shouldn't be doing this but you do it anyway you know and uh not as much anymore but uh i remember so there's you know we we have a choice you know so you got to be mindful is what I'm about to say to this person going to hurt this person or is this going to, is this going to build the person up, you know, um, and then take responsibility for it. If we decide to go through and hurt the other person, then we have apologies coming or we have to do something to make up for it or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. I know there, it, it's an interesting prospect of, of life. And that's one thing that I try in any conversation I have leave the scenario better than I found it. 
So even if it's me having a discussion with my husband saying, babe, we're going down the same circle and I don't want to go there again. Let's stop this pattern of destruction that we're doing. You know, this is a pattern and I see it coming and I don't want to do it again. Yeah. You don't have to have an answer now, but I want to stop it now. So I'm going to stop this conversation. Yeah. Um, One thing that happened, um, I think maybe I mentioned it one time before, though, but it was when I was having a chiropractic adjustment through network chiropractic where they don't actually touch your physical body, but they they go over your body. It's maybe a little like Reiki or something. They feel the hot or cold spots. And then when they feel the cold spot, then they they do some kind of magical stuff and an actual form of chiropractic that some people Mm -hmm. go to. Well, when that happened, I found myself in a vision. It felt like out of the body because I totally wasn't there. Didn't feel like I was in the uh, uh, in with the chiropractor. But my stepdaughter and I were in a boxing ring and we were hitting each other as hard as we could with these big, giant boxing gloves, you know, just boom, 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 you know. And uh, finally, we, we at the same time, we couldn't even lift up our arms anymore. We got that mm-hmm. fatigue and we both just dropped the boxing gloves at that time and looked at each other. And then uh, I realized when I, being a spiritual person, I realized when I came out of that and after being at the chiropractor that um, somehow energetically or on some level, as soul to soul, we were deciding to drop the gloves, you know. Oh. And then a few weeks later, she was going to a Christian camp to be a missionary over in Europe. And they told her at the time, well, how can you be prepared to bring other people to Christ if you have issues with someone in your life of hatred or like that? And she calls me on the phone. She's in Kansas. And my wife woke me up and says, Chris is on the phone. And uh, and then she said over the phone, she said, look, I'm sorry. You know, I've been combative, being combative with you and that. And from that moment on, things were, I, I went, wow, I saw that vision. And it actually happened where we dropped the gloves, you know. <laughs> That is so cool. Yeah. That's the thing. See, this spiritual work we're doing, like we're not just because we're what we're doing and we're kind of privy to a lot of these visions and things like this. People have them, but a lot of times in the dream state, you'll have them sometimes if you're just relaxing and you're you're doing meditation or something and visions will come. Don't don't just discount those, you know, because a lot of times there's things actually happening. You're seeing kind of what sometimes probably what Natasha is seeing. You know, without, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when things kind of come, you know, uh, so um, we're all, don't you think we're all psychic to some degree? Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely. It's what we yeah. do with it and how we trust it is the difference. Yeah. Yeah. So and you've learned, you've been doing it enough now to trust, you know, and then that's why I give you feedback, like when you've helped me or something like that too, because we need that kind of like to see that we're on the right track because it's, mm-hmm. isn't it a constant vigilance that you have? there of just seeing things and making sure that you know yeah i i do uh there's uh like today i knew that i was running short on time (laughs) getting here and uh but i forgot something and i had to run back downstairs and come back up and and get things and then my camera didn't work and la da 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 does but you know there's that that moment where um where you know you you trust that like i I got to go. I got to get on, you know, that mm-hmm. trusting that instinct is, is one thing that is going to get us. If it doesn't feel right, it's not right. And in, even if like yesterday we were at the, um, at the, uh, beach and, and we were on a timer for our parking and I was like getting, this is, this is, this is, we got to go. This that. is the time. And, and we ended up having like 40 minutes left, but oh. I'm wondering if, 
that timing, that 40 minutes made a difference in the person we were with, them getting home in a different timing that was uh -huh. better, mm -hmm. or something else happened that we we weren't supposed to be on the beach at that time because mm -hmm. something was happening. So you never know why we're getting that, oh, I got to go, you know, because we don't see the bigger picture, right. but yet we see the the implications. And, and that's where I just trust. Well, you've heard that across. about people when they um, they're in line to get on an airplane and there's some strong feeling just comes in, and, which doesn't seem logical, but they just refuse to get on and don't. And then the plane crashes, you know, mm -hmm. it was just people that were in tune, you know, with with something just saying, OK, these other people, time for them to go, but not you. So get the heck out of line, you know. Exactly. Exactly. You know. Or or they decided not to get on the plane and here they ended up with a medical emergency. That if they would have gotten on the plane, the medical emergency would have gotten worse yeah. because of the pressurized, you know, well, so you never know. You never know. But, you know, there again is a whole oh, there's a, another conversation. So it is. Uh, yeah. Just pulled the earphones out of my head. Isn't that the way things are going today? <laughs> <laughs> so with well, that, the, uh, you know, I hope and pray that people who are going through the shame, guilt and and anger and frustrations and all those things that there's a form of forgiveness and it doesn't make things right. But it just says, you know, there's a reason why I wasn't there. There's right. a reason why that didn't happen. There's a reason why somebody may be talking to me that way. And do I need to take it as truth for me? You know, yeah. try to see things with a little bit more open understanding, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah. So to kind of sum everything up here as far as so people can, you know, okay, so we're talking about all this stuff again, like, well, okay, what do you do when you're the shamer or the shamee, you know, kind of thing. <clears throat> the best thing uh, that I can say is to begin some mindfulness training of yourself. I mean, there's books and everything out there. I'm sure you could find on the internet or whatever. It's just, it's just realizing that you're a good person. You don't really want to hurt other people that you care about. You know, you don't want to mm -hmm. do these things that you feel, you know, you could shame somebody and then pretty soon you feel shameful. It comes because of what you did to shame the other person and you feel guilty and all that, you know? So just start, to tell your mind to be more, to be aware of what your words you're saying and how they can hurt another person. And even if you just think that thought, that's going to slow you down and that's going to give you a chance to make the decision. Sometimes you're going to screw up and you're going to say, screw that. I'm going to say this thing and hurt them right now because I'm just going to do it. And you do it. And okay. You know, and you got to be. And there up. is the TV being broke and the, right. <laughs> like the story that you just wrote. Yeah. You know, but so, there's no so, perfect way of doing things. There's just no perfect way. But I hope that our perception and our, our yeah. language, our conversation today gives someone some kind of grace in understanding that there is a bigger picture out there. And there are reasons why things are happening. We yeah. may not understand it, but our personal perspective and language can either hurt or help. Right. And be more mindful of what those are and then mm -hmm. and then find a way to to apologize or to at least at least make this um, agreement with yourself that you're going to be more mindful and not do it the next time. Mm -hmm. And you'll love it. You'll begin to once you do that just a few times and you you, you feel like you're going to shame somebody and then you don't. You're going to feel so good about yourself that you didn't do that, that that's going to that's going to help you to do it be easier for you the next time. 
because we all want to feel we all feel better about ourselves when we do the right thing and we know the right thing is to not shame or or push people into guilt and that sort of thing you know and the guilt and shame you feel you got to just start looking in the mirror and saying look i love and accept you even though you're not perfect you know and we're working on this um and if you're having a hard time find someone who can help because the fact that when we work on this it it does heal and i can see I can witness, let's say, if I if I hear a mother speaking, the daughter or the or the son sounds just like the mother, and that mother probably sounded like their mother or father, and it goes on and on and on. And at some point in time, we have to heal the chain of of how we speak to each other. Right. How yeah, we speak we to each other. So if so, any of you out there want to get a hold of me, I'm at visittheafterlife.com. Zoom sessions work wonderful. I did FaceTime today for three hours. We did some really good work. Uh, or in person anywhere, pretty much in California, um, have offices down in LA and Sacramento and here places where I see clients and stuff. So we can arrange something. Um, and again, um, Natasha and I try to do this from a spiritual perspective. Uh, I do traditional therapy, uh, but if you're listening to this program, you've got to have some sort of spiritual basis. <laughs> so I think the spiritual part would be good. And I'll have to tell you that my clients who are willing to go the spiritual way uh, get better like twice, maybe three times as fast exactly. as doing traditional therapy. Uh, so, you know, whether you uh, you have me help you to uh, go to heaven and back and that, or if you're talking to Natasha and she's doing that for you and getting answers, um, you know, we're here to help if you need us. And Natasha, now I guess your angelic clarification is that dot com? Dot com. Dot yeah. com. Yes. Angelicclarifications.com or you can email me at Natasha at angelicclarifications.com. Yeah. So thank you everyone for coming. I will be on Wednesday and actually I'll be at Regan's house on Wednesday or should I not? No, that's okay. That's good. I was just going to say, yeah, I'll be seeing you soon. And uh, I wait a minute. Well, we'll talk in a minute because I, I had down here in my book and Exactly, exactly when I was going to pick you up, but I don't think I have the time or something. Yeah, Natasha and I, we've been doing this podcast about a year and a half now. We've never seen each other in person. And my wife says, so, hey, we'll invite her down. You know, says you're going to come stay a few days. And um, I think I have, a, well, I think you have a feng shui person you're going to see while you're here. Yeah, right? I do. And I think you're going to have, if, I was going to ask you, and I, I, I didn't I didn't set it up, but I while you're here, I have two clients. I think that they think they could, you could help them. Oh, I would I love you to. Them. So you can use my office here and you can kind of oh, help. Oh, what them. a blessing. You know, I, you know, that's, a, I, this is my soul calling to help. Yeah. This is my soul calling. Me too. Thank you, Veronica, for your heart. Um, we love you too. Yes, thanks, and Veronica. So thank you, everyone. And if I'm not here on Wednesday, it's because I'm visiting someone who is very special in the window (laughs) next to me. And we got carried away in time. But I will make it up and we will be back on Monday, even though I'll be flying home. But I will be home before our show on Monday. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. I wasn't sure what time you're uh, when you're. uh, plane got back i'm just looking at my yeah so on monday i think i i land at noon so i should be home oh you should and i'm asking the angels to make my planes on time and traffic going good so yeah so we are here every monday at four o'clock pacific time on facebook instagram or on facebook twitter and uh youtube on natasha venter blessings everyone see you bye now bye